hey, I mean, these young people are in the prime of their life and they're saying, I need to die to my flesh because there's other people around me that need change. And I thank God for that. Give him another hand tonight. Amen. If we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 and Ezra chapter 4 as well. Ephesians 6 and Ezra chapter 4. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. If you have that, if you could stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. It says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be, shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. I'll be in Ezra here in a moment. But you may be seated this evening. Portion of Scripture that we know as the armor of God. And it's very important that we put this armor on, but there is something lying in this text that I want to bring to your attention tonight. We read throughout these few verses, these, these eight verses here, that it says that you should put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It goes on to say that we should take unto the whole armor of God that we may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. If you know anything about the Jewish people and the Jewish culture, I know that the New Testament is translated in Greek from Greek because that was the language of the day. But Paul writing here to the Ephesians is a Jew. Now, we in our English language have exclamation points and, and uh, we have grammar and English, things that we do to emphasize something. But to the Jewish people, they would repeat it again and again and again. You see scriptures of Jesus saying, verily, verily, or truly, truly. He's saying, pay attention. That was their way of, notice this. Let me draw your attention to this. So we see in Paul's letter here that he's saying, stand, stand, withstand, stand, and stand. I think he's trying to get a point across to stand. All right? I'm going to preach to you on this, 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 this quick thought. The stand your ground doctrine. The stand your ground 
doctrine. You say, what is this? Well, I did a little bit of research, and how many's ever heard of the Castle Doctrine? The Castle Doctrine, some of you might not have heard of this, but it is a law in most states for self-defense. The Castle Doctrine says that if there's an intruder into your home, that you, you, you don't have to flee, you have every right to defend your home. For every man's home is his castle, thus the castle doctrine. But there's also another law that some states have adopted to coincide with the castle doctrine, and it is the stand your ground doctrine. Now, as the castle doctrine applies to your home, the stand your ground doctrine applies to anywhere you are. If you feel threatened for your life, by law in certain states, you have the right to defend yourself. There is, in, in these two doctrines, the castle doctrine and in the stand your ground doctrine, you do not, ha you do not have to flee. You do not have to make an attempt to escape. You can literally stand your ground when threatened and defend your life. So we see that almost as this, this principle going on with the armor of God, how many knows if you're putting the armor on, you're fighting. Paul is saying, listen, if you're going to stand, if you're going to stand with the armor of God, you're going to have to stand and withstand and stand against evil. You're going to have to stand against the wickedness of the day. You're going to have to face principalities and powers of darkness. You're going to have to face some crazy things. But he's saying, stand. When you've done all to stand, just keep standing. All right. Follow me over to Ezra chapter 4. I, some of you are going to read this and, and want to know how I'm going to tie this in. I want to know how I'm going to tie this in, but we'll figure it out. It says this in Ezra chapter 4. Now Ezra, man of God, a priest of God, he is there as they're rebuilding the walls and rebuilding the temple in their Babylonian and Persian captivity. So this happens as they begin to lay the foundation. They begin to build up the walls. Uh, uh, they, they had enemies. How many knows that they had enemies? Anybody know this story? Well, these enemies begin to write to the king, Artaxerxes, and this is what they write. They say this in verse 11. This is the copy of the letter that was sent unto him, even unto Artaxerxes the king. Thy servants, the men of this side of the river, and at such a time be it known unto the king that the Jews which came up from thee to us are come to Jerusalem building the rebellious and the bad city and have set up the walls thereof and joined the foundations. Be it known unto the king that this city be builded and the walls set up again then they will not pay toll, tribute, and custom. And so thou shalt in, in damage the revenue of the kings. 
Now understand, you, you, you have to realize what's going on is what they're writing and telling the king is if you let this group of people rise up, they're saying you ain't going to pay taxes, they ain't going to pay toll, they're rebellious people, they're wicked people, they're not going to do what you're asking them to do. You may say, what does this have to do with standing? I use this as an example of what the enemy tries to do to the, and what the enemy is trying to do to the church today. I believe that 2023 has been an amazing year for the church. I believe that there has been many that have been awakened to the fact that the church can no longer sit idly by and let, let, let's go Sunday in, Sunday out and let it just be normal. But they've said, listen, we've got to build something. We've got to do something with what God has given us. We have to bring restoration to our homes, to our churches, to our communities. That's what the Jewish people were doing in, in, at this, portion, in this portion of Scripture and at the, the time that it was written. But the enemy rises up and says, listen, I, I, I don't, King, I don't think you understand. These people aren't what you think they are. And more or less what they're saying, can I summarize it here, is we need to keep these people down. Understand what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that is the plan of the enemy is to keep the people of God subdued and to keep them down. We can talk about the children of Israel. They were stronger and mightier than Pharaoh and his army, but for 400 years they were in slavery because the enemy convinced them that they were not enough, that they were beneath the Egyptians. Get this with me. The Bible says that in the beginning God created. He created the heavens and the earth. He separated the water in the earth. He created man in his own image. But understand, Jesus said this in Luke chapter 10. He said, I saw Satan try to exalt himself over God and fall like lightning. So understand, Satan has fallen. So what does Satan try to do? Satan comes and begins to deceive God's creation into falling as well. But what happens is, is when they fall, what God does, and this is for somebody tonight, I believe this, it doesn't matter what you've done, how bad the sin is, how bad the past is, God comes down, he says, what have you done? They tell him what they've done, they, they appear to him and tell him what, what has happened, but yet he still covered them. He said, you know what, you've made a mistake, but the Bible also says before the foundations of the world were even laid, that the lamb was slain. God had a plan for the people of God, for the children of God that would accept Christ to rise above the fall. But understand the enemy wants to keep you down because he fell and couldn't get up. Hear me, Satan's mad because he fell and could not get up. But yet when the humanity fell, God made a way for us to get up. 
You say, what, what are you trying to get to? I, I'm trying to get to a lot of things. Uh, but the gist of what I'm saying here uh, is that the enemy is in a, uh, we're in a time and in a moment uh, of time where the enemy is trying to keep the people of God down. Uh, now listen, uh, I know you like church. Uh, I know services have been going good, uh, but it's good right where it's at. Uh, you don't need to, to rise up. Uh, you don't need to rebuild the walls around your home. Uh, you don't need to rebuild the walls around your, your church. Uh, you don't need to rebuild the walls around your city. You don't need to rebuild a place where you can commune with God. You don't need to repair the altar in your prayer closet so you can begin to commune with God. You don't need restoration. You don't need restoring. Everything's fine. Your bills are paid. Everything's good. But as Isaiah was saying, there's a lost and dying world that needs a Savior and they need a Savior. But how will they know if they need a Savior as Paul said, unless they have a church to preach to them. But church, we've been down too long, but can we put on the armor of God and stand and say, devil, I will not be brought down any longer, but I am under the doctrine of stand my ground. It doesn't matter what you throw at me. It doesn't matter what you do to me. It doesn't matter how you mess with me. I will stand in the power of an almighty God. Hear me, we have to adopt this doctrine of stand our ground. In the times of turning turning back and going back to what we used to be is over. It doesn't matter what your past is. Don't let the devil keep you down with your past. Because hear me tonight, what Jesus said is, Behold, I have made all things new. All things are passed away. All things are passed away. The drunkard is passed away. The drug addict has passed away. The lustful has passed away. The adulterer has passed away. The liar has passed away. God has made something new. Stand up. Stand fast in the liberty that we have in Christ Jesus and declare the marvelous works of God. Bring restoration to your home. Bring restoration to your church. Bring restoration to your city but you've got to stand up stand up stand up and say I will stand my ground the Bible tells us this that a just man may fall seven times but he riseth up again. One of my favorite portions of scripture is in Micah 7 and 8. Rejoice not against me, O my enemy, for when I fall. Let me stop right there. He didn't say if you fall. We're human. We're human. He said, when you fall, I shall arise. And when I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. What is he saying? Devil, I may fall, but I'm not going to let you keep me down. And you may surround me with darkness, but the power, the light of God is going to shine round about me. And I'm going to stand up again. And I'm going to put on the armor again. And I'm going to draw 
draw my sword again and I'm going to put my shield of faith up again and I will stand my ground against this attack in this day, in this hour. Where are the believers that will say, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay in worship. I'm going to stay in the altars. I'm going to stay in my prayer closet. I'm going to stay in fasting. I'm going to stay here until the power of God moves and changes my city. They were fighting. In Ezra, they were fighting. They wanted restoration. They wanted deliverance. They wanted communion with God. It's all they wanted. But the devil begins to write. He says, no, you need to stay down. Stay down. Stay down. Hear me. I, I, I want you to understand. The devil wants you to stay down because he's down. He can't get up. But Jesus made a way. Jesus made a way. Why do you think that veil was torn from top to the bottom? Because He granted us access through His blood to everything that we could need or desire. I don't know who's here tonight. They can come to the music. I don't know who's here tonight. And you just feel down. You just feel weary. You just feel discouraged. Let me tell you this. If you stay in that state, you're giving the devil exactly what he wants. You're giving the devil exactly what he wants. He, if he can keep... The, 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 the reason we see these things going on in our nation is because we've had a church that has been living at a lower level. And hell has rejoiced. Hell has had its way in our halls of legislation. Hell has had its way with some of your family members. For some of you, hell's had, you, had its way with your mind. We fight and we fight and we fight. And we fight and we fight and we fight. But Paul just said, keep standing. Stand your ground. That's my doctrine. See, in that law, it says you don't have to flee. You don't have any obligation to flee from the attack. You know, I remember being young and things would happen. Happen at home. Listen, the enemy tries to get into your home. I, I, I could probably ask mothers and daddies right here, They've had spiritual encounters at night in their home. I've had them with my children. But my mama didn't pull the, the blankets over her head and weep and cry. She would stand up. 
she would walk that house speaking in a heavenly language, laying hands on her children, laying hands on her husband, laying hands on the doorposts of her home. She responded. Why is it so important that we do as Isaiah was saying? Decrease so that he may increase. Because I tell you, on my own, it gets hard to swing the sword. But what, what did God, what did, what did Christ tell Jesus? In your weakness, my strength is made perfect. He was reading there in Galatians and he said, that next verse, if he were read on, said, let us, therefore, let us not walk after the flesh, but after the spirit. Why? Because here's the deal. It says here in verse 10 of, of Ephesians 6, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might because your might won't cut it. be able to stand. You've got to be able to get yourself back up. I don't, I don't care what, what has happened. I don't, I don't have to know what's gone on in your life or in your mind, but you have to get back up. What happened to the, 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 the saints of God digging down deep and saying, God, even though I may not sense your presence in this room, I know that I am the temple of the Holy Ghost and that where I am, you are also and you're here right now and I'm calling on you. Where's the saints of God that called out and say, oh God, oh God, have mercy on my children. So that sounds like a cry from hell. No, that's a, that's a cry of someone beginning to stand up and say, I will stand my ground. I will not back down. For many years, the church has been silent, been defeated, and hell has rejoiced. I just, I keep hearing that over and over again. Hell has rejoiced. But understand, this is, I'll give you my disclaimer. This is my belief. When Jesus died on the cross, or some people believe that it was done. The work was done. But I personally believe that Jesus would not be who he said he was, and his blood would not have healing power if he did not rise. I believe hell rejoiced when he said it is finished. The sacrifice was complete. He poured out his blood, and for three days, hell rejoiced. I believe that. We all know the story. We hear about it all the time, but I don't know if you understand the, the principle behind it because Christ got up. He stood in a place that we could not stand to save ourselves. You know where he stood? He stood suspended between heaven and earth with one hand stretched towards heaven and one hand stretched towards humanity. He was the bridge. 
For three days, hell rejoiced, but all of a sudden, there was a quickening that came over his body. And the earth began to shake, and the stone began to move. And the Bible said that the spirit quickened or energized his mortal body. And he gasped for air. <gasps> and in all power and in all authority, he got up, he folded his garments, and he walked out of the grave. Why did he do that? Why is it so important that he did that? because we're dead in our trespasses, in our sin. He died a death that we deserved to give us the gift of life. But on that third day, he got up. And he didn't just walk out Jesus of Nazareth. He walked out as Jesus the Lion the tribe of Judah foretold for thousands of years and, and the timeline had perfectly matched up to this moment in this time and he appeared to his disciples he ascended into heaven and he sent his spirit and he, he unctioned Paul to write to the Roman church and he said that the, the power that was in me on that day when I got up is in the church today spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead shall quicken your mortal bodies. What is he saying? Revival is in you. What your family needs is inside of you through Christ. But we have to rise above the doubts and the insecurity. What you saw Isaiah do tonight he probably did, he, he was probably every way trying to figure out, man, if I could tell Jade to get out, I want out of this. Elijah's done it. He's done it. Now listen to me. Elijah's told me, hey, hey man, I don't know if I can do this. You remember that? We talked about that Monday night. And all I text back to him was said, don't let the devil shut you up. Isaiah could have chickened out, no. He said, you know what? I'm just going to stand and declare that we need to die to ourselves and we need to rise up in the spirit. He even said that we need to arise. We need to rise up in our spirit. Why? Because in our spirit, there is a revival of, that took place 2000 years ago, but through the spirit of God lives on the inside of us. Stand. When all hell's breaking loose and you don't know which way to go, just stand. Say, I will stand my crown. Stand with me tonight. Let me challenge you with this. When you don't feel it in worship, stand in worship anyway. When you, don't, when you feel like the situation is getting worse with, worse with your children, stand and thank God that they're going to be saved anyway. Paul said, he told the Ephesian church, I know there's principalities and powers of darkness. There's, there's, there's rulers of wickedness in high places. He said, I know. But I, through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit has equipped you to stand. 
listen, he's equipped you to stand and not just take hits, but to give them. That shield of faith may be to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. But use that faith as a battering ram to get yourself into the presence of God. That's how we can approach the throne, through faith. We can, we can approach boldly. But you gotta stand. You gotta stand. You gotta stand. I wanna tell you one thing, we're done. Last few months we've been meeting here on Mondays. Me, Brad, and Chris. We just talk about the things of the Lord and we pray. Just standing in the gap, and I know there's many of you that pray for this church, for this ministry. I'm gonna tell you now, now ladies, don't be offended at me. I, I, I don't want you to be offended at me, but I believe we're in a time that men of God need to rise up and open their mouth and say, you know what, we're gonna lead. I thank God for the women of the church. I thank God for every last one of you. Thank God for my wife. I thank God for my, my I got nothing but women in my house. My, my, my dogs are girls. Uh, there's just estrogen everywhere. And listen, I ain't perfect either. Chris, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? I ain't perfect either. They got they to deal with me. But I believe we're in a time that the men of God need to stand up, lift their, their voices, and be unashamed. Listen, I, I'll just tell you this. I thank God for, for man and for manliness. But understand, men of God, I had, I had, my, my grandfather didn't have any ribs on this side. My Pat Ball Beecher, because he got him blown out with a shotgun. His best friend shot him over a car. Lived like a heathen, jumping out of windows because he's gambling illegal, illegally and, and bootlegging, all these things. But God saved him. God brought him out. He's as man as a man could be. Been stabbed in the back. Someone tried to rob him. All these crazy things. It's like something you'd hear out of a movie. But man, when he would get in the presence of God, he would begin to open up his mouth and he would begin to weep. Man, it's okay to worship. David could go out and kill a hundred Philistines and dance before the presence of God. Don't tell me you can't get in. Your children need to see it, okay? That's my soapbox. Now I'm going to get back to where I was. We've been meeting here and praying. Elijah's come the last few weeks. And Brother Austin came last night. We talked about this, and I know this may embarrass him. But what we saw in this house, God's just done a great work. And Brother Austin, he, I, I don't know half the things that God's brought him through, but I know God's brought him through. You know what I saw last night? He was praying with us. He was getting in. He wasn't backward. He wasn't shy. But Sarah, you know what he did? He went to the, the seats that him and Sister Jenny and their children sit in. You know what he did? He put his face in the seat and he spread his arms out to touch every, every seat that they sit in. And I could hear his voice. God. I know in the physical he was kneeling. But in the spirit, 
he doesn't realize that there was a man putting his armor on saying, I'm going to cover my mind with salvation. That's how you know. It renews your mind to know I'm not who I was. A man putting on that shield of faith, that breastplate of righteousness, that gospel of peace, that sword of the Spirit, and said, I'm, I may be kneeling in the physical, but I'm standing in the cap. And he sit here and he told us, he said, God has brought me through some things and my son will know the house of God. My son will know the presence of God. And I, I, I could have shouted, I didn't, but I could have shouted because something inside of me was saying, that is a man of God that's willing to stand regardless of what he's been through. We've all made mistakes, it doesn't matter. He's still saying, I'm going to stand. I don't know what kind of hell you're going through, but you may kneel at these altars, but inside you're standing. And I'm going to ask you to come. Christ got up so you could get up. Get up tonight. Don't let the enemy keep you down. Arise. This is what the psalmist said. Arise. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. You know who God uses in this time? You. Let God arise in you. Let all the things that try to tempt and try to take your focus away, let it be scattered. Come to these altars and stand. These altars are open tonight. I've taken too long. Taken too long. Come. Come. Stand. 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 When you don't know what to do, you may not know what to pray, just stand. Just stand. 